Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming your weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at, whether you have HA We've got a few recovery periods, we have your back, and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join, and the link is in the show notes for you. Okay, on with the show. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Well... We're just talking about Ashley's hair. Um, and it is hormone related. It is. Like, what's what is happening with your hair? Like, what's the story here? All right, let me give everybody the download. So, my hair used to be this curly when I was after I had my period. Right. So, I grew up. I had super straight hair. I mean, like, I have pictures of like pinned straight hair, and then. In middle school, when I started, my hair started to get really, really curly. And then I, I don't know, I don't know what kind of school I went to, but all, all I remember is being like, how come I can't have straight hair like all the other girls? All the white right? girls. Yes. And so, <laughs> and so I started to try to like straighten my hair, but my hair can get pretty frizzy. Anyways, long story short, um, it's about like, I mean, Nuggie's 15 months but I probably got my period around four months postpartum because we had breastfeeding problems. It was 11 months. And now my hair curl has returned 
but like it's almost you don't know what to do because you're not trained in it (laughs) too and it's like do you know like when your skin kind of breaks out whenever like you hit puberty again from like going through like ha right you're like what's going on with all this oil on my face right like all this Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm going through that with my hair i'm like what is going on (laughs) oh yeah it's tough i mean i have i have a big scar on my head up here and um I mean I probably showed you this on Marco Polo I have a really big scar on my head in my hairline yeah and um so I've always had like thinner hair there because this hair just doesn't like grow on scar tissue and um but I've had since childhood to grow my hair out around it Mm -hmm. but then when I was pregnant I lost it all (laughs) and so I had this like visible scar on my head and then the hair started growing back. So I have this just like little tuft of hair that it looks like I had to cut bubble gum out of my hair <laughs> one spot because it's just yeah. like just this awkward length. Yeah. But yeah. So I feel you. That's just, it's all yeah. a bit silly. <laughs> it's, it's so silly, but this totally brings me back around of like hair to a girl is so like big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that's how I'm feeling <laughs> yeah I've always been very lucky that that's um just not something I've ever had to think about or worry about mm-hmm. like I've always had really thick hair it's always been dead straight which for the last like two decades has been in fashion because I know that my <laughs> like my right because my yeah. mom um you know our parents essentially grew up in a time where people were getting perms and curling their hair right. all the time and my mom's hair wouldn't curl or like you just couldn't do it and so she had this like dead straight hair and she tells this story about when she was at school one time um gosh I don't remember exactly what she said but mom's never forgotten it one of her friends at school just turned to her and was like your hair is just like straight and dead and sad (laughs) or so like oh oh, I wish I remember exactly what she said because it was like it was so brutal but it was shoot this girl was just like laying out huh sad because back then like it was all about the curls so oh I look like I have a really bad perm it's a thing right now I don't want to do a perm I mean you want to I just think that I'd look great Girl, let's do it. Maybe like our next set of photos will all have super curly hair. Bring it back. Let's just bring it back. Bring well, anyways, it back. I um oh. I have stuff to tell you, but I know you have stuff to tell me. So like, yeah. Well, you go first. Okay. Maybe you already started. I don't know if you checked Instagram, but so I have five days into coffee. We need to chill out Ooh. on the coffee. So I'm like a huge, huge coffee fan, and I'm also the biggest advocate for like. But let's back off on the coffee when we're trying to restore our endocrine system. So when you have a baby, you just like get to do, you get to ignore rules. Not, it's not that, you know, like you can't be harmed. It's just that it's just like, you're just trying to get through each day by day. So, (laughs) but I'm at a point now, I'm 9.5 months postpartum and I just, there's some a few reasons like I have I have negative libido like I never thought you could have like negative libido but I do just certain symptoms um I feel a little bit anxious and I was like it's time to uh, coach myself a little bit here like let's do some let's look at this and make some rules so low-hanging fruit first things first backing off on the coffee so I've been having only one because I'm down from three, almost <laughs> two to three, only one a day after lunch. Right. So we're like, well, and truly we've had two meals. We're like rested. And I'm so pumped because it's day five and I've had my, I've been dry as a bone down there. Okay. Dry <laughs> as a bone, but I've had my first postpartum cervical mucus production. all of which to say these little things really work like I swear at this time that is the only change that I've made yeah I think that it makes a difference I kind of feel bad sometimes for my clients women when like we get off the phone and they will like off like a call and 
by the time someone probably gets coaching, they've been through a lot with a lot of practitioners or a lot of things in general that I think sometimes they slightly feel insulted when I'm like, let's just make these three or four small tweaks. Um, and that's what we're going to focus on for these two weeks, right? Even though I know that when, whenever we put these four small tweaks together and we start doing it and then, you, you know what I mean? That like, I know it's going to produce a huge outcome, but it almost seems so insignificant to the struggle of what yeah. got you here. Hundred, There's absolutely been many times I'm sure where we've had clients <laughs> walk away and be like, that's it. Like that's what she wants. Oh, I, so true story. I had a client months ago, probably late last year something like that and um worked together and I gave her a very simple like I did the full review and there was some very simple like low-hanging fruit big rock changes to make um and she did she got the thing was crazy she got her period back after a month because she was like right there and I told her you know you're already doing so much your, your period's right there let's just make these tiny tweaks get you across the line and um she did and then it was like okay great like this is super exciting and then she sent me an email after all was said and done and she was like kind of she kind of gave me like negative feedback like she was disappointed that she's like I feel like um all you told me to do was like make this small change um around this and around this and it's like I feel like I shouldn't need to pay for that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was such a tough one because it was like yeah but you have your period now like like if you yeah. want if you want me to make this super duper complicated so like you feel like you're getting something out of it I like we you know yeah. that was a that was yeah. like a tough that's a tough situation no, but it's, it's just the reality uh, well yeah because I think it's the emotional like the emotional baggage everything that finally gets you to this point of seeking help and then being like, fine, I will gain the weight or, or or, yeah, I will eat the food. I will properly fuel. I will make these small tweaks. Right. Or technically like you're not paying for a complicated thing. Like you're paying for expertise and uh, the push that you need to do the things that you don't want to do. Right. Um, and think about like, we're all in that. I mean, so, I mean, but that's with almost every type of coaching. Business. Yeah. Like, is there really anything that you couldn't figure out and learn with the internet? It's just that like, sometimes you need someone to give you the, the roadmap or to hold you accountable or to see it from an unbiased third party yes. perspective. So important. So yeah. important. Interesting. Yeah. So that so, was my news. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you about my news. I mean, it's not like new news, but it's like, I haven't figured out a way to word this, to put it in a post. So I was like, I'm just going to talk to Danny about it. So whenever you hear, yeah, I eat blank or, you know, I eat in moderation, right? At first glance, it sounds super healthy, but I actually think that there's probably a large amount of people who got into HA by simply just enjoying all foods in moderation. And I think whenever we look at it, we're like, yeah, that's, that is the definition. That's the definition of a healthy relationship with food. I eat all foods in moderation. Yeah. That's not where that sentence originated from. Yeah. Yes. But what I, but what it really is, is that I restrict and I don't have any off foods. That's really what it is. I have a level of restriction, whether it's mentally, obviously physically, like subconsciously, I am being mindful of the calories that I'm taking in, hence why I eat it in moderation. So I have, so I feel like that's a new red flag and that was my red flag. And I think that's probably why it hit so hard because I didn't have any fear foods. Like when I developed HA, it was simply just, I ate all foods in moderation. I didn't care that I had a donut. You know what I mean? I was more like the portion control queen it fit my macros yes yes and so now I'm like hmm is that really the definition of a healthy relationship with food that I 
but I eat all foods in moderation. Yeah, I love this. It, it never was meant to be eat in moderation. I see how this happens, right? There's a lot of talk in the space of like, you know, we have so much access to food now that instead mm-hmm. of uh, fear of famine, we actually have the opposite challenge of like not overeating. Now, I see that. Like we do have an- I do acknowledge that. I do I, acknowledge yeah. that. That being said, it's very specifically, you know, eat total like junk food, if you will, right? Like uh, like refined processed foods, these highly palatable foods, right? High amounts of sugar, high amounts of MSG, food that's like designed to get us to keep eating. Mm. I believe like that's where that saying came from. I think like just to like debate, right? That there's value in that because yeah. these foods are designed to get us to keep on eating, that there's value in being like, okay, like bag of chips times 10, like that probably needs moderating at some yeah. point. But if if those things weren't in our world, right, we would not need to moderate. So yes. therefore we don't need to moderate everything, which we is should exactly- be mindful of yeah. what we're eating. Yeah, we, we should be applying moderation to everything. That's ridiculous. And but I fully understand because I do it. Like I'm often stuck in that thing of like, that's a lot of fat in this meal. Like, should I moderate? Like it's a it's like a weird thing that happens. Yeah. Still and so how this popped up is that I've noticed, and I remember I think I was Marco polling you, um, that like you were saying, we no longer just apply this to the highly processed foods or uh, treats and not that we're anti that. I hope you know that by now, if you've been listening to us <laughs> for a while, but we'll do that to potatoes where potatoes yeah. are naturally like satisfying. And I don't know anybody who's overeating potatoes. You know what I mean? Like we'll like apply that to beans. We'll apply that to carrots. We'll apply it to the nutrient dense foods that like we need to recover. And we're like, I can only have a little bit of this. Yeah, this I said a lot. Like, like, I only eat the food. half an avocado. Well, why do you eat only half an avocado? I don't right, know. Because it moderation. feels weird to have a whole avocado. <laughs> yeah, because I yeah, because I eat in moderation, and that's why I was just like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this is not what it seems. You ready for my next one? I've had yeah. a lot of like, and again, I need to put these all down in post because I've been trying to figure out how to do this. My next one <clears throat> um, is when, um, and I've been here too. I've been here too, is how could I possibly need to eat more? I eat so much, right? And I'm like, um, valid, but, and I, what I love the most is when people are like, my boyfriend, and I said this, I eat more than my husband. Yeah. What are you talking about, right? And so I was talking to like a good friend and I was like, yeah, well, I bet your husband isn't eating the biggest salad known to mankind out of a mixing bowl. That is not what your husband or boyfriend is yeah. doing. That's what you're doing. And you're calling it that you eat way bigger, way more than like your husband or spouse or whatever. And when they do, because when on the occasion that I've heard of a guy that does this, right, like a keto guy, for example, oh yeah, yeah, um, they are still having like bacon in it, boiled eggs, blue cheese, dressing, nuts. Like they're, it's a very, I mean, salads can be intense, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, Yeah. there's it's not like a bowl of lettuce with like a sprinkle of chicken breast and shredded carrot, yeah. Um, and then my third one, it's just been so good, um, is whenever, so I've been having to pry volume foods out of my client's hands. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great visual. I think I've had to ban salads like twice this week. Um, but all for good reason, but I was like, I'm sure you love those foods. And I was thinking about, maybe I have five things to talk about. I was like, I'm sure that you love those foods a hundred percent, but do you love it because you can control it? Or are you like, I'm so in love with these foods because if you truly love it, you, you can take a break from it, knowing that it's going to be there. And, and like, you can come right back to it, but I'm wondering why you love these volume foods so much that you won't eat chili 
or you're like uh, you won't eat um for like, like a full-on sandwich yeah full on, or you know like oh and then even when it goes down to like the real whole foods i'm sure you're eating real whole foods but you're leaving out a word you're eating real whole volume foods because we can make plenty of whole food uh meals that you naturally become like resistant to like i was watching a show the other day and i was like dang that, that's a bomb meal and it was sausage potatoes uh bell peppers and onions and i was like yes that, that that's a great recovery meal that, that's a great skillet to sink your teeth in and like recover but we're super resistant to it because we can't control the portion sizes or because like we don't know the calories like we don't have yeah. a frame of reference yeah, it's really hard. Two things here. So like, first of all, for anyone who doesn't know what we mean by volume foods, just in case we're making an assumption, yeah. volume foods are like low calorie foods that you can eat a lot of, but have le- like low calor- caloric intake, like celery, cucumber, lettuce, berries. Um, these are things that like in the diet space, you'll, you'll eat a lot of because it fills your stomach up. It makes you feel like you're eating a lot of food or you feel like you're eating frequently because you're snacking all the time. But when we add up the energy intake, it's pretty low. And a lot of people get a little bit trapped in this idea of like, well, I'll just, I'll eat more, mm-hmm. but I'll eat more lower calorie food. And this can not only not move us forward, but in some ways set us back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I had to break it down. Uh, and again, I love them because there's, I enjoy all my clients and, not, and that's not just because we're on a podcast. Like by the time, like we've worked together long enough, like uh, you've gotten to see all of me. <laughs> and so I enjoy them, but it's a really great thing of, is that vegetable as colorful as it is, is it going to bring your cycle back? Like, like holding on to lettuce. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, like it just simply doesn't have enough nutrients and no one food in general, you know what I mean? But like, it just doesn't have enough for us to hold on to so tightly for, you know, for us to be like, put our like heels in the sand yeah. about this. Okay. So I have another important thing that I'm going to like, yeah. put all my thoughts in order in the queue. <laughs> so the second one was, this is a, this is actually an important topic because I, um so in the society we started, posting recipes more right and at first I was like like the does the world need more recipes right like does the internet need more recipes my heartfelt opinion was no but you know we keep getting asked like what's a good recipe for that like Mm -hmm. so obviously like this is one of those things where I can't use my like intuition to make a decision I just need to do it and get the evidence and the evidence is in that like yeah people need help like inspiration because they're so used to eating in this old way and the like what is a good meal that has a balance of carbs fat and protein that has a balance of you know grains and vegetables and meat and that has sufficient calories in it altogether like people need this inspiration and so that's why we started doing that and it has been a valuable tool. So note to self, I need to up that because I've only been doing one a month. I need to do more. Yeah, I was thinking we should probably do, I mean, again, just like you, I was like, they do not need a meal guide. Like that is not what we're doing. Like that is the internet. That's like 50% of the internet. That is not what we're doing. But then I was like, oh my gosh, but but like, yes, I actually think would be helpful simply because I don't know if we even know what like, not ancestral foods, but, but like, I keep just kind of going back to like, what like does a nourishing like, meal actually look yes, like? Nourish, like actual nourishment. Like, have you actually seen a recipe where the subtitle wasn't about dieting? You know what I mean? Like, have you actually, you know what I mean? Like how much of like the internet space is all tied to eat this to feel full basically, you know? And like, we can say that because we used to do that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. there's so much out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's to where I'm like, I actually want to put like a sample day meal just so that you can see, oh my gosh, you're right. I can't put these things, these like combos together yeah. because I have been so far from it. I didn't even think that that was a normal meal. Right. Would it be weird? Should, should we do like a day of eating for inspirational purposes? I know those can be controversial. Yeah, they can be. Um, 
but I don't, I don't know we'll think about it yeah we, we wouldn't be doing it from a point of view of like this is what you should eat I like the idea of breaking down like why this is my choice how yes. I feel about it and like what you can take from it mm. like we should do a sample day almost maybe like that we could put in the group maybe and be like this is why Ashley chose this breakfast this is why we chose this lunch this is why we chose this dinner you know what I mean because you know I think of like the stew that you made or that pot roast and I well first off I was so hungry that day but I was like oh my gosh this was exactly what I needed praise the lord there was no foofy food and thankfully it was you so like it wasn't going to be like this little skimpy meal but you had made that pot roast with potatoes and carrots. And I think all of us like chow down on it because we were just so hungry that day. <laughs> I'm so glad you made it. Like people, it's such a weird thing when people make your recipes, you're just like, ah, oh, yeah. I'm like such a blogger right now. <laughs> but, I was like, but you're know, like, I recommend that to a lot of my clients. Like yeah. when was the last time you had a pot roast, potatoes and carrots? You have your vegetable. It's all real food. It's whole foods, but there's a reason why you're resistant to it because you can't easily calculate or navigate the carbs, fats, and proteins in this one. Yeah. So I think so a lot of us are protecting ourselves too from guilt, right? This it's like because I've in, I've looked into it for myself, right? Why do I like? Why am I choosing to make this salad? Why am I like like trying to control what I put in it? And for me, it comes down to like, I don't want to feel bad about it later. So like I am trying to control it. Mm. And that's like a part of why, you know, why I would make those decisions. And it's like yeah. at lunchtime, if I have this like heavier meal, I'm going to have feelings around what I have for dinner and this like future planning that I think is um, a big, one of the big challenges and it's just yeah. not where we should be making just food decisions from. Well, and again, I was talking about somebody about this, about we get so weird about meals like chili, right? Cause it's, cause it's nutrient dense. You know what I mean? You can't sit there and easily separate it. You can't calculate it real fast mm-hmm. and all that in your head. And you're like, well, what if I just eat? Well, what if I go to town? I promise you, you're not going to overeat chili because those foods are so satisfying that like, you just have a natural stop. Right. But like, but like, you won't ever know that until you allow yourself to freely eat chili. And I promise you, you're not going to eat the entire crock pot. I mean, this comes to the whole like leptin conversation, right? Oh, this is a a hormonal thing. And so, yeah, sometimes when you, when you first increase your food intake, when you're going into recovery, you probably will eat more than you were expecting or have experienced before. There is a strong chance that you will, especially if you're lower in body fat when you begin, which is many of us. Low in leptin, low in body fat, low in hormones. And so think about, it makes sense that like your body, because like we did a, we did a presentation on this and we're going to do it again on the 28th, but it makes sense that your body would take over and be like food searching out. It's because the body's trying to raise leptin. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's trying to signal for you to yeah. eat to, it's, it's a whole hormonal production thing. It's not like a, a <laughs> it's not like a, like this goal to make you morbidly obese, like whatever your oh, fear is, yeah. it's just not how it works. So that might happen, but it will slow. Yeah. It is not like, and this isn't to try and like make you feel less of like, oh, don't worry, you're not going to gain weight. We're just telling you this because like, it's just the facts. Like, it's just, yeah, you know, none of this is as scary as you're making it. You will not lose your loved ones, right? You will yeah. not stop being supported and loved and worthy of other people. You will not become morbidly obese. You will not, because this is an interesting one that comes up a fair bit. You will not develop other issues such as, Yes, cardiovascular disease and things. These things aren't actually going to happen. Um, That's a whole other rabbit hole. But on this topic, I had an interesting question recently, which was um, I had someone who was uh, actually doing a really great job of recovery. We we, on her own, we had like looked at her um, food logs and I was like, you're doing, you're eating tons of stuff. You're super young. I think that, um, you know, if you continue on your own, I think you'll be like, you're going to get your period back not too long. Like your temperatures are good. 
you're seeing signs of mucus, but I can see what you're eating is great. Um, but you know, here are some areas. And so she didn't have any vegetables in her diet, right? Like at all. And so it's like, curious, what's that about? You know, I recommend that um, you add some. And she was like, well, I just heard that for recovery, vegetables are bad. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> like yeah. this is just another example, just like in the diet industry is exactly yeah. the same. The HA industry, if you will, um, is very similar where we take this advice and we move it to an extreme. I do see all the time people be like, that like recovery is no time for vegetables. And I'm like, that's really, you know, yeah, being yeah. very all or nothing there. That is one thing I um. I was like, remember vegetables or lettuce and all this stuff was meant to be complimentary. Mm. It was never meant to be your entire meal. Mm. So again, we're going from a side, having that as a side to your entire meal. Then like, we wonder why we have this imbalance or why our periods gone missing and stuff like that. And I love that because I would never tell anybody not to eat vegetables. Now I did have to pry lettuce from my client's hand that that was simply because I was like, I need us to let this go so that you can take in other nutrients. Yes. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So, in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well. And how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60 minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. But let's, you know what I mean? But I mean, but she's still eating other vegetables, but just because, but just because salad is such a filler. Does that make sense that we're on like, plus yeah. there's, we, I mean, going we back need to like a visual form. aid. We need a visual yeah. aid of like, this is what it looks like to have the vast majority of your meals be vegetable based. And therefore you are not getting sufficient calories. You are getting probably too much fiber and your body's digestive right. systems working over time. Um, that's what this looks like. And then over here is, you know, a meal with like a side of some greens or some cooked greens in your omelet, uh, like some roast yes. potato or roast pumpkin with your meal. Like these things have nutritional value. They're not being eaten in excess and it's like it's coming back Not to that whole 
Yeah. And we're not, and we're also not saying like eat in moderation. That's not like we're saying add a bit of everything. It always comes back to this, right? Like there's just room for a bit of everything. And if you don't focus solely on just the inclusion of one thing yeah that you no longer have space for the inclusion of other things like does that make sense oh totally. <laughs> so know. think about like that meal that I had brought up with the potatoes and sausage mm-hmm. and uh bell peppers and onions like the bell peppers and onions are vegetable so we can go ahead and check that off but it's not the main show yeah and that's where dieting and so I think I don't think people are intentionally doing this I think it's unfortunately a uh a leftover from the dieting world that just that has just become your blind spot like you just have no idea right yeah and I and like you, the way you worded it too whereas it's not the star of the show it's a that's what they'll say in like culinary competitions, right? They'll be like, the protein was the hero of the dish. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like what's the hero of your dish? It probably shouldn't be the vegetable, but the vegetable should play a role in the cast. Like, yeah, there's, Yeah. yeah. It's just so interesting to me that there is this, um, this approach by some people of like, Oh, to recover, I actually should eat as much, um, like grains and processed food as possible because that advice is being given to people yeah I mean so on that I feel like there is depending on your past history of food if if like you have demonized peanut butter then go through a phase eat Mm -hmm. the peanut butter yeah you're going to come out of that and then like you're going to eat normally (laughs) you know what I mean like you know um and like, I get the point of like incorp- not having fear foods, right? And stuff like that. But I think anyone that's listened to us knows that we know that the key to happy hormones is blood sugar levels being stabilized. And that, mm-hmm. and that is the key to health um, in general. And so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I answered that question was like, well, for you, because you're not dealing with, um, you know, issues around food intake around like fear foods of eating Oreos or whatever you're not dealing with those you know we're at a place where we can we can include other foods but I totally understand how like someone who's coming from a like really intense like vegan only tons and tons of vegetables may need to back off for a period of time it's all very this is all very individual is the end of the day, I can't see, I can't see a single scenario where someone shouldn't have a singular vegetable, like the dish you were referring to that has like some bell pepper and onion in it. Was it? Yeah. Um, like, great. Like that's yeah. what I'm asking for. Um, other side note that I had an experience cause I just went on vacation and it was so interesting that while on vacation, I, well, I didn't pre-order my food. I didn't get it sent to the house you know all the things that I would have done before and my stepmom was just like hey you want some food and I made sure I had some food for Nuggy and for me and it was so interesting is that I know I didn't overeat if anything I was struggling to remember to eat and but you know what I mean like you know like I you know because like I was just so busy you know what it is with family right you're just like where the time go you know anyways but it was so interesting because every other previous year I had gone with what now I realized was the subconscious fear that I would overeat on vacation. And when I stopped dieting, um, that's actually so much further from the truth to where that's probably where I get in most trouble now post recovery is probably not eating enough while on vacation. Cause I'm so busy doing whatever. Right. Um, that, yeah. So it was just really, really interesting of how much, um, we like, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where we're so afraid of overeating that, you know, like we make the entire environment so that we will overeat. Right. And then whenever you stop dieting and that's not even a mindset, you're just like, Oh yeah, let me go get some food. Like to the point where overeating wasn't even close to what had happened. 
So that's just some encouragement for some people that are like, will this ever get better? Yes. Yeah. It's going to change um, many, many times over for the next like five years. <laughs> You're going to have yeah. these different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's, so that's been pretty cool. Cause now I've been going on trips with nugs and I'm like, no, actually I'm not, I'm not overeating when like left my own, you know what I mean? And in the most unprepared situations, no, I'm not overeating. So that's pretty cool. Love it. Oh, you want to answer some questions? Yes. Okay. Before we dive in, Ashton and I are planning a live event in Austin. Austin TX on August 13th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's free. Come <laughs> on, join us. We're going to have an itinerary planned, but we're going to meet. We're going to hang out. We're going to be best friends forever. Fly in from the UK, fly in from Canada, fly in from Colorado. Like, come on down. And yeah. um, you can stay tuned to find out to find out more about that. Just make sure you're on our email list. So you can just go to thejsociety.com or follow us on Instagram. And I'm sure you'll see something about it. Um, I have a sign up form that I'm sending out inside of email, my weekly emails at the moment. So if you want in on that, I already see some people, some discussion in the group. If you saw Ashley, people. Yes, I'm their arrival. super excited. Um, the place hopefully is that I've already picked out. Beautiful. So exciting. Excited. <laughs> this curly hair situation better get itself sorted by then. <laughs> you'll be like, a, I can already see you'll be a curly hair pro. You'll be telling people about your curl maintenance regime. A curl journey. <laughs> yeah. For anyone with uh, mad curl tips, go contact <laughs> Ashley. Okay. I'm going to take a sip idea. of water. And let's begin. Nicole.bist asks, just discovered your channel full of resources and information for HA recovery, Smiley Face. I wanted to ask if in recovery, it is fine to eat legumes, always with carbs and fats, or is it preferred to have meat, eggs, or dairy more frequently? So I feel like this is a question of like permission to get your protein from legumes. How are you interpreting this? Um, I feel like because we've heard some practitioners in general say like beans are not great or like legumes are not great that mm-hmm. that means like it's not paleo. Um, that or some other. Um, my whole my interpretation of this is yes, permission. My thing is, um, can you get your period back without them? Yes, you can also get your period back with them, mm-hmm. and um. I personally love legumes. I don't overeat them um, because you literally can't because you just get full. You know what I mean? Those type of things. But I think it's one of those things where if it's something that you want to eat, go for it. Like nothing negative is going to happen to you. Um, that's how I feel about that. Yeah. Sam, I was like, during recovery, if you can tolerate them, eat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, basically... Now is not really the time to be Mm -hmm. like narrowing in on the minute detail pros and cons of certain food groups. In fact, that's what gets a lot of people in this situation in the first place right now. If you can eat it, if you enjoy it, that's the, that's the most important thing right now. Yeah. So that's one of the things of um, whether someone decides actually, no, this is not for me. I don't, and I don't want to eat it for this reason, this reason, this reason. I feel like that's where it's like optimization. And right now the first key to optimization is getting your cycle back. Then, then dial it. in. I always like to think of it as like a camera lens, right? Like right now our lens is pretty big and open because we need to include all these foods back in, and then we can dial it in dial it in, dial it in tighter. Um, whenever you are restored, like your hormones are functioning. I feel like that's a really small rock when the big rock is calories. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Big rock. Okay. That was an easy one. (laughs) Today's just like challenging me with, with people's Instagram handles, but here we go. Solely dot Gate. This is what we get for having a high European listener base. 
Um, she asks, hi, I'm very sorry for disturbing you, but I wanted to ask you a suggestion about HA recovery. First of all, none of you are ever disturbing us. Nope. Your, your questions merely become content for our podcast. <laughs> I'd note on my YouTube channel, I've started doing DMs with Danny. I'm just going to answer your oh, DMs on <laughs> So if you have questions, just come and ask us. Okay. I lost my period during 2021 summer because I was exercising too much and eating too little. And I also lost a lot of weight and my BMI was very low. I started my weight gain journey, eating the calorie surplus at the start of 2022 and my BMI became normal. Uh, also, when I was underweight, I had huge vitamin deficiencies, but now my blood is perfect, no deficiencies. During my weight gain, I stopped doing high intensity workouts and did weightlifting. Now I want to start exercising normally and eating intuitively. I want to tone up in a healthy way, not by starving myself. Could you please suggest that what should I do to get my period back with my situation and still being able to exercise? I avoid high intensity workouts such as skipping, running, cardio, etc. I do bodyweight workouts, Pilates and weightlifting. Loaded question. Yes, she said, but I want to tone up. Right? Yeah, that's the bit that's like, um, yeah. we're going to focus on. <laughs> yeah, no, because I think everything was cool and cool. But then I think you know, that's where us are, our subconscious motives sometimes pop out yeah. in our words. Um, so is it how do I get my period back while toning up? Or is it how do I get my period back while working in exercise or still exercising because I feel like those are two different kind of questions yeah just from what I know about women right um <laughs> as a woman <laughs> yeah like as a woman who like understands our people just the insertion of here of I want to turn up in a healthy way yeah Can you please help me figure out how to work out and to exercise we know your motive here for exercise um yeah. I will have people say things like I, I want to exercise because it's my stress relief. I, I really genuinely do enjoy exercise. This person hasn't said that. So we're going to take it from that angle. Uh, yeah. Go for so, it. Yeah. Well, no. Um, so first off, we love that you answer this question and you feel so safe to ask yeah. it. Yeah. No, honestly, because we all have these thoughts, right? Um, I think one of these, this is where... Um, we kind of talked about this, I think, last time where we have two options for your top priorities and wherever you fall is going to impact your decisions and mindset. One could be toning up, aka I want to control my body composition still in some way while gaining weight, eating more and healing my HA. And then there's, I want to ovulate, but I also want to move. I think there's also, I want to do this, but I also don't have the patience to go through the weight gain piece. And I want to get back to weight loss. I think there's like a patience thing in there too. Sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. Right. And so I think anytime that exercise does not fall under ovulation in terms of priorities, we're going to sit in limbo land, or we're going to be revisiting the season of life multiple times. Um, because ovulation kind of lets us know, um, where are your individual parameters when it comes to body composition, when it comes to fat, your know, body amount of fat, um, what is too much exercise, what is not enough calories. Like it really does, um, set the, the like boundaries for you. Right. So if you ignore that, then, then like you, then it's a free for all. You could be as careful as you want, but it's yeah. still a free for all. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's no world either where someone is both 100% focused on recovery and going to do what is best for their yeah. recovery and totally currently trying to lose weight, which is what tone up means, right? There's no such yeah. thing as toning up. Or manage. Up. Yeah, right. Like, can we address that for a second? Because I yeah. think that's another thing that you and I feel like everyone knows but but isn't necessarily true so for anyone who still like uses the terminology tone up that's not 
real. Like there's yeah. not like a money scheme. That's a, that's a weight loss marketing. Toning up just means weight loss. Yes. And one thing to kind of keep into consideration. And so this is something, I mean, and I'll just speak from personal experience that, um, your genetics plays such a big role on what, how much body fat you need in order to ovulate and to get pregnant. And it does have a range, right? So, um, I was just talking to one of my clients of like, whenever I first got pregnant, I was like fresh out of AJ. And so I still had, so you know, like I overshot my set point. I was at the highest I had, you know, ever been. And like, I got pregnant, but now some of that weight has just gradually fallen off due to like just my bodily settling. And now I can get pregnant at a lower weight, but had I poked the bear and tried to purposely tone up or lose weight, that would not have been the story. Does that you make have sense? to let go of it? In you order. have to let it go. It's such a trip. It, it is wild that like, that like the moment you try to lose weight or tone up after you get your cycle, you are literally poking the bear. The bear is going to snap at you and it's going to be in the form of weight loss resistance, probably losing your cycle, probably having to gain more, you know what I mean? And all these things. But if you just let it go and you leave your body alone, my whole thing is like, leave your body alone for a year mm-hmm. after you recover your period, see where you're at, see how how you feel in your body that, you know what I mean? And then from there, yeah, from there, I would just work on building muscle. Right. But knowing that like, you may not look as toned up unless there's some level of weight loss to it. Yeah. 100%. And yeah. like the benefit of doing it the way you're talking about, um, <clears throat> If there is a recommended way of exercising at all for people with our history, mm-hmm. uh, it would be resistance training. I mean, the science yeah. is there for your metabolism, the science is there for hormones, the science is there for bone density oh, and, yeah. and helping with osteoporosis, osteopenia. Like that's, that's just where it's at. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So like post-recovery after you've let your body be for a year or more, you know, maybe you're going to bring some resistance training. in. I think there's value to that for all women. Um, that's kind of, that's the thought. Like we don't, we don't really have tips for, um, you know, getting your period back and toning up at the same time. We have provided suggestions for exercising in a safe way during recovery with, a, with the, emphasis on the fact that exercise doesn't equal weight loss exercise doesn't have to equal body composition changes exercise can just mean moving your body for other beneficial reasons yeah um and but in answer to this question which is about toning up at the same time as recovery can't be done yeah and um that mindset unfortunately isn't new and you're not the only one i mean Mm -hmm. i was like we all try it we, we all tried it and it all ended bad. That's why. Like, look, look, I'm a, I'm a hear, I hear you, but I'm still going to have a shot at getting my period back with exercise. There is like one or two people that will claim it, right? One or two people that will claim it. You know, I know Elise, our mate Elise over at your period PT. She also helps us over here um, with community calls and the social media or the society. She had a DM, um, you know, from someone who got their period back but like felt like they didn't have to uh stop exercising and like all of the things that you know the all-in community really preach yeah and I know kind of like hit Elise a little bit in the gut because she felt like you know this person was was sort of telling her that like yeah you know all you women having to go through this stuff like it's bullshit you're doing it wrong but that's not the case it's like just because you didn't have to give up moving your body like it it's more nuanced than that oh my gosh and again it goes back to genetics right i mean Uh there's so many things tied into it like the value you put on it the stress you put on it is it a ritual you know what 
I had posted something the other day, but yeah. like, oh, like my healing journey of HA was literally the opportunity to fix all the things that were broken. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so while that may not be a broken piece for you, that's okay. You know what I mean? And, and, and so I think that it's like one of those things of like, unfortunately to go and say that nobody has to step away from exercise just because you didn't have to, just because you didn't would leave a whole lot of women still in limbo. Yeah. You are and, absolutely the minority if that's, you. yeah. And who, so here's the thing. I didn't ha- have to stop exercise, but I sure did have to eat a lot more mm-hmm. than I think a lot of clients potentially right now, because I was still creating that energy deficit. You know what I mean? It's, you know, type of thing, but yeah, I mean, I know that we're already coming up on time here, but, yeah. but what, and I'm going to be talking a lot more about this. I think people are going to find it becomes like a staple in my explanation for what we're doing, because the concept of like, well, she didn't have to do this or she doesn't have HA and I do like, why, why am I different? Doesn't make sense. Makes me skeptical. Yada, yada. Allostasis. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm now talking about this a lot because I think it's really important for people to understand and it, it's helpful. Allostasis by definition is the process by which the body responds to stresses in order to regain homeostasis. Mm-hmm. So everyone is at a different level of this, right? And that's why that girl over there is can, has been running marathons and just got pregnant when her husband rushed by her right (laughs) whereas like that girl over there who has like a similar like lifestyle perhaps you know lives in the same city is the same age like these things like this maybe even runs the same amount like isn't getting pregnant right everyone has a different level of allostasis and this comes back to your entire life up until now you have been through different stresses different different experiences in your life you have eaten in a different way you have had different dramas and different highs and lows you've had different relationships you've had different family history and genetic profiles like every single thing about you when you look at it from that perspective is different to that girl over there and And thus you will not have you will not have the same um, like you'll not be at the same starting point for reaching homeostasis. Yeah. And I think even if it was the same thing, right. So think about like, I know this sounds really twisted, but like, let's say that our dads died, like we would respond two different ways. Yeah. Cause we have different relationships with our dad. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. And so I think that in its, in itself is just proof like, oh, so the same event can happen, but we respond differently, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that, yeah. And so. this is why, you know, we, we all have different um, deficiencies and need like from a holistic healing standpoint, if we bring it back to like the vegetables, some people get a huge, huge impact when we introduce root vegetables in, as an addition to their current eating. And then, and like things happen because their, their body's like, oh, like that was one of the missing pieces to my body's ability to handle stress day to day. Someone else is going to have a, a more minute impact. It's not going to really help as much because they're just coming from a much more depleted place. And so yeah. like, we like, it's just really important that people understand that they are unique in that way. And for once you are a unicorn. Yes, sometimes you're a unicorn, unicorn. But not a unicorn that can't get your period back. <laughs> yeah, for, for everyone, food intake is crucial. Yeah. For everyone, there is individual variance. But across the board, we know that balancing blood sugar, giving your body as much rest as possible, all of these things are super important other side note we should just do a different episode on it but just talking (laughs) about like we had a community call recently where we talked about um like Mm. uh extreme like longevity people keto diet paleo diet carnivore diet like intermittent fasting what's the deal why do these people say it's so so beneficial but everyone in the ha space says it isn't long story short 
those people say that, but if you like went to practitioner school, right, and you did a whole intensive on the endocrine system and the reproductive system and on uh, adrenal fatigue, healing and all of that goodness, you will find across the board, no one is recommending those things for people who have disrupted endocrine systems. Like I just, I think that there are very few people who are like, saying oh fasting will help you if you're in an um, energy uh reduce energy availability yeah. yes please go fast some more <laughs> yeah like, people, you know, people aren't saying that i i think those yeah. people people are like your individual allostasis you're in where you're coming from on your journey your current medical situation or body situation is a very important context before applying blanket advice about diets it like uh, yeah it's like i'm just saying things now so i'm gonna stop (laughs) um well that's been good i gotta pick up nugs this is a breath do another one one. everyone come send us your questions and away we'll indirectly waffle on about it (laughs) absolutely (laughs) see y'all hey there it's me danny and i want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, Again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, My wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back, in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for 
anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.